As you leave the city of Neverwinter and head north along the Sword Coast, you come across the quaint village of Deerward. It's a small village full of people who are quite content to live their quiet lives, avoiding everything that has to do with the adventures of Neverwinter, except for their money. Here in this town, you find the buildings are dilapidated and yet homey. You also find a tavern owned by an old dwarf named Madmeal Pebblearmor and his halfling friend Torin Bilberry. There's a small sign hanging from it in the shape of a goat head. Written around it is the name, The Waiting Horn Tavern. Alrighty, welcome back everybody to The Waiting Horn Tavern and our campaign of the Crypt. Now, we just left our, our players here as they were just exiting out of the crypt with their... Items that they found, the letter from Corella, as well as the protective ring, and they have just met with Holland, and Holland gave them a little side quest here, apparently. A little quest that to now deliver this letter, Keeper of the Bookshop, inside the town of Dragonshore. Now, our duo here is getting ready to level up, but they have one thing that they have to do before that. And Rupert and Christopher, as you guys are leaving the uh, study of a Holland, he actually calls out after you. He says, you know, looks like you guys could use a bit of a rest. So why don't you head over to the Dragon's Lair Inn there in Dragonshore. And the people there at the inn, they'll, they'll, they'll take care of you. you know, I'll send a letter on ahead and they'll take care of whatever you need. Okay, I guess we could benefit from a bit of a rest and help us rejuvenate ourselves. Yeah. So, we're going to head on to the town of Dragonshore. And, uh, I say we seek out this dragon area. What do you say, Christopher? I agree. Okay. So, we head into town. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as you go into the town of Dragonshore, there's... A few different places of interest in here. You have the Dragon Shore Farmer's Market, which is like a general store. You can just buy like general wares. There's also the Dragon Shore Temple. There's Farrah's Arms in case you need to have any like, you know, shields or swords or any of the blacksmith type things, you know, taken care of there. You have the Dragon's Lair Inn that Holland told you about. You have Wilster's Oddities for any of your alchemical needs. And there's also the Dragonshore Town Hall. It's like right in kind of the center of the town. You know, like little, like little bustling uh, you know, marketplace type areas. But on the outskirts of town, you have the Scribe's Den, which is the bookstore that you guys were told that you needed to go and deliver the letter to. Oh, I think we should take O'Hala's advice and go straight to the inn. So we go straight there. Okay. Let's go, Rupert. Okay, so as you approach, you know, the inn there, it's pretty much just a nondescript building, nothing too, you know, spectacular about it. It does happen to have 
a sign hanging the outside that has, you know, a picture of like a dragon inside of a cave. And it does say the dragon's there in along the bottom of it there. And as you enter, you are actually entering into the tavern portion of the inn. Where you go inside, you have the tavern bar ahead of you. There's different tables scattered around. There's a few seats that are actually at the bar itself. And you can see a winding staircase going up to the right, leading up to the upstairs area, which is where the rooms would be. And as you approach the bar, there's a short human woman with long braided blonde hair who turns to you. She's cleaning a glass from somebody's drink of the cloth. And she speaks loudly over the noise. Hello, dear. What can I get for you? Well, my companion here, we are in need of a couple of rooms. Well, Holland sent us over here and said you could accommodate us. Oh, well, yes, we can definitely get you a room here. So, the rooms are normally just a few gold apiece. A few gold for a room? That's, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we can go someplace else and you know, get a room for, you know, maybe, like, maybe two gold. A few gold, two gold. What's that? As you, Rupert is you know, mulling around about that in the corner over there, there's a man who walks in and walks over to the barkeep and hands her a letter. And she opens up and she reads it and says, like, Hmm. You say you two were sent here from Holland? And I'm responding to her, Yes. And, and a few gold pieces. That will do for me. What he means to say is, yes, yes, we, we, we came from here from Holland. He sent us over here. Okay, well, it seems that he's actually going to help out with paying for some of your lodging. And it's only going to cost you one gold piece a piece. That's more like it. Here you go, here you go. Take a couple of gold. I, I hand her a couple of gold pieces. Because two rooms for the night. All right, two rooms. Sounds good. Okay. Would there like, have been anything else like something to eat or something to drink? We have some lovely journey bread, and we have some, you know, pints of ale and anything you can have over here. Okay. Mm. Well, I am a little bit hungry. Uh, I'll take, you know, a little bit of the bread and, you know, I'll, I'll take a pint. All right. Some bread and some ale. That'll be three copper. Okay, here you go. I toss the coins up onto the, the counter there. Okay, and as you put the coins up there, she goes ahead and she sells you, you know, the hands of the bread and the ale. So, Christopher, are you wanting anything, or are you just, are you feeling like you're okay? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to call over to her and say, um, I, I would, do you have some tea or no? No, right now all we have is we have a little bit of, you know, Water from this bucket over here, we pulled it from the well about maybe you know, a couple hours ago. And we have the journey bread. Well, we are a couple, a couple, a couple of, we, me and Christopher are a, well, me and Rupert are basically adventurers who just came out of a tavern. 
called the Waiting Horn Tavern. Oh, and um, I would take some of that journey bread and some of that water over there. Okay, well, that'd be, that'd be two coppers then. Okay, here you go. And, and also give you a few gold pieces. No, I, I just said two coppers, thank you. So she takes the coppers, she just leaves the gold behind. Okay. Yeah, and she then gives you the, a plate of the bread and a cup with some of the water from the bucket over there. So, and as you're eating and drinking your you know, little meal here, you can glance around the room and you just have just some of the residents of Dragon Shore you know, in the room here. You hear a little few mutterings and mumblings you know, going on around you. you know, well, I'm kind of curious what it is that they're saying. Okay, then we'll go ahead and roll me a perception check okay. here, Rupert. Let's see if you actually can hear anything. Ah, perception check, that would be a 18. Okay, so you can hear some of the rumblings going on around you and you hear people talking about some strange happenings that have been going on outside of town. There's apparently an old woman's house that there's some strange stuff has been happening there. You can't really get any you know, firm details on it, but there's been people who've gone up there and they have not returned. There's been you know, odd sounds you know, coming from up that realm just outside of the Dragon Shore area. Sounds interesting. I have to check that out later on. Yeah. Okay, but right now it's actually getting to be a little bit on the late side. So, what do you guys choose? What want to do? Um, I'm going to head up and find a room. Okay. A, a, a good looking, looking room. Okay, so you guys go upstairs. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you get upstairs, you see a hallway that has three rooms on each side, and then there's a door at the very far end. And she gave you keys for a couple of the rooms. So, when you go into your room, you see that it has just like a normal, you know, straw-looking bed, and you have a chest set into one corner for some secure storage for any items that you might need to store. If you're staying here for a longer period of time, uh, but otherwise, it's just those two pieces of furniture and a small window looking out towards the back of the tavern. So, you can choose this to go ahead and, and go to bed for the night. Hmm. Yes, I, I believe that would be the best plan at this point. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, okay, so, okay. at that point, you're in the safety of the tavern's uh, mm -hmm. you know, in area upstairs. You both get your long rest, your first long rest of the campaign here, which then that completes the process of leveling up. So now you are officially now level two. And when you awake in the morning, it is just, you know, the sun just barely starting to peek in and through the window there. So it is now morning time. What is it that you choose to do to start um, off your day? Uh, I'm gonna head downstairs and get some breakfast. Okay. What about you, Rupert? Oh, well, unlike my friend here, I'm first gonna go and gonna 
get dressed, put all my stuff on, and then we're gonna head downstairs and go. Apparently, he's going downstairs naked. <laughs> no, I'm getting. I'm in my. Okay, fine. I I'll put on my clothes. So, when you get down there. You have the same, you know, woman down there, who is, you know, tending the bar, and she looks up at you and says, "Ah, good morning, gentlemen." So, I see you had a pretty decent night's sleep. It looks like you're pretty well refreshed and ready to go for whatever is ahead of you here. Yep. So, I'm sorry, I, I don't really have much to, to offer still in the way of food. I have still the, you know, the bread that you can, you know, buy a little piece of. Or, you know, if you want to go and, you know, see if you can rustle something up someplace else. There's not been many, two other places in town here. If you go over to the general store... Then you might be able to go over and get some rations or something. I'm pretty sure that the farmer's market might have some of that. Well, well, I think I have some of that bread. Okay, well, that'll be two coppers then. Here's your two copper. And, and, I, and I'll... Thank you. Here's your bread. Okay, thank you. And, and, and I'll try the other drink that Rupert had last night. Well, it's a bit too early for that. We're not going to be serving the ale quite yet this early in the morning. Okay. I'll have more of that water. Okay, well, here, here you go. Here's your cup of water. And for you, sir. Uh, I can, yeah. I think I'm going to actually just have the more of that bread there. It's your coppers for you know, another bit of the bread. Okay, and here you go. Okay, so you go ahead and eat your breakfast. You get ready to go. And... Now, here in town is the Scribe's Den, which is the bookstore that O'Hallan talked about. And then you also have like, the other stores I mentioned. You have the blacksmith, you know, the, the alchemy shop, the general store. Yeah. And the so do you want to... Town hall. And, well, town hall. But, so where is it you guys want to go to? Um, I'll, I'll head over to where we were assigned to go. Do you want to go over to the Scribe's Den? How about you, Rupert? Do you agree that's where you want to go? Well, I think we should go and get this... Little piece of the quest over with. When deliver this letter. Okay. So the scribes den that is going to be where you're at here with the, uh, the inn. It's going to be on the other side of the town square from where you're at right now. So after about a five-minute walk, it is now still early morning, probably right around like seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning at this point in time, and you find yourselves outside of the scribe's den which just like every other building here you know they're all pretty much the same you know town-like look to them nothing really differentiating one building from another other than the signs hanging in front of the doors where this one has looks like a bit of a scroll with a quill pen on it and of course the name written underneath the scribe's den and as you enter in there's a number of tables that are in the center of the room, stacked high with books and scrolls. Full bookshelves cover almost every wall and block some of the windows, making the room dimly lit. There's no fireplace in the shop, and the shop is actually very cold. The room is lit by a number of tall candelabras placed outside the, the room, just right around the peripheral of the room. There's a woman you see, sweeping the floorboards of this surprisingly cramped bookstore. She looks up at you as the metal bell on top of the door rings. She turns her head towards the back of the store and exclaims somebody out of sight, 
Marcus, you have a customer. And you hear the footsteps come running from below the shop. And a thin, brown-haired man, wearing a thick woolen jumper with a monocle hanging from his chest, appears at the stairwell at the back of the store behind the countertop. Ah, greetings to you. Greetings. Welcome to my little shop. How can I be of assistance to you? Um, we were sent here by, um... We were sent here by O'Holland. He said that we had this document here that was of some historical importance that you might like to verify. If you're interested, you might also be willing to part with it if you have the gold to give it. So, Marcus puts on a pair of white linen gloves, picks up his monocle, it's hanging on his chest, and says, Well, there's only one, only one way to find out. Please, please, show me this document. Show me this, this document you have. It's a letter from from this woman. Okay, well, we'll hand it over. Let me see it. Okay, here you go. Okay, thank you, thank you. As you hand the letter over to Marcus, he studies it closely. He holds up the letter up to the window, trying to get a little more light on it. And Marcus kind of hymns and haws. And, well, the first thing I can tell you, looking at the color, texture of this parchment, I, I dated uh, 100, yeah, yes, yes, at least 100 years old. Approximately, of course. Can't, can't be too sure for these things without doing you know, further tests, but the condition is actually pretty reasonable for its age. And Marcus turns around a little bit more, and then he starts reading the front of it out loud in a strong voice. Without you, my heart withers. Then he removes you know, you know, a little bit from the, a little bit of the uh, folding of it and starts reading it. And by the end of the letter, Marcus looks up at both of you with a surprised look on his face. This is incredible. It, it puts all the myths and rumors about Corella's death finally to rest. The story of Corella is quite legend around this town, you know. The children have been singing songs about her for years. I'm a distant descendant of the Dryadson family, so it's a special sort of significance for me to see. Can I, can I ask you, where did you find it? Well, we... We found it when we were actually going through a tomb outside of town, a little crypt up there. It was placed inside Odadak's tomb. Oh, really? Absolutely remarkable. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm quite positive that this is a genuine article. It, it, it seems to be a very plausible story. I'll give you 50 gold for this letter, but there is one condition. Mm -hmm. you, you, you must take this letter to my grandmother, Darella. The reason... Twofold, two reasons. I'd like for her to confirm its authenticity. She is very knowledgeable about this town's history. She knows more about it than pretty much anybody else. And I'm sure she would love to see it herself, being a relative of Corella, much like myself, of course. Hmm. Yes, I, I, I think we can do that. I think we can go and take, head out of town and see if we can find where she's at. Tell us more of where she's at. Well, yeah. If you go outside of town, just head up north, and just follow that path, you'll be passing by another town over there, and as you go past that town, just go by another mile or two up the road, you're going to find this nice little cottage house up on the hill, and that's where she lives. She had to live outside of town, because she just couldn't stand the people here in Dragon Shore too much anymore. There were too many stories and rumors going on about the family, so she had to move way out there. Hmm. Well, Christopher, I think we have a bit more of a quest on our hands than we thought for delivering this letter. 
So I think we should head on out and head out to her, this lady's house and deliver the letter to her and see what she says. Okay, Rupert. Oh, and, and for the letter, here is 20, here is 60 gold pieces. What? Why are you giving me 60 gold pieces for it? I'm going to be buying the letter from you, not, not buying it from me. So take, take your gold back. Okay. I thank you for being so generous, but I don't need that gold. I have okay. plenty of books and everything here for sale. If you, if you ever have any interest in some ancient historical documents of some elven people, I could probably take care of that for you. But Ooh. I think you have a little bit of a quest ahead of you. So yeah. Something you need to be off and about and doing. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably take... Do you have a book about Corella? Oh, there's quite a few books about Corella in here, but I had to take some time to go find them. So maybe if, by the time you come back from seeing my, my grandmother, maybe then we'll be able to mm -hmm. help you out with that. Okay. Um, I'll, we'll be right back. Okay, so as you guys leave the shop, you know, you hear him humming a little bit in the background as he's you know now searching through his books, trying to find different books for you or for any other client that happened to come by and place an order and... Are you going to head straight out of town, or are you going to head over to some of the other shops? I'm going to go over and buy a shield. So you want to stop off over at the blacksmith shop, huh? Yeah. Alrighty. So the blacksmith happens to be... So the blacksmith is right by where the inn was. It's like a couple doors up from the inn. And as you approach the blacksmith, you see the, the name hanging from, you know, the sign there, Pharaoh's Arms, and you see a shield with two swords crossed in front of it. And a middle-aged man sits near a dusty window with a desk almost completely covered in tools, holding a pair of pliers and linking ring pieces to the bottom of a chainmail shirt. He looks up at you as you approach. Ah, good evening, my friends. My name is Pharaoh Archmage. Founder and proprietor of this here blacksmith. Can I be of assistance to you? Yes. Oh, um, say, you look like the adventuring type. Maybe you could be of assistance to me. I have this large crate of weapons I need delivered over there. And Frere points across the room to a long wooden crate. Commander Ironfrost needs it urgently at the Stonebreak outpost, northeast of here, about a day's journey by foot from here. Fort has issued a request for all the weapons I have on hand and whatever I can forge in short notice, as they're running desperately low. Could you deliver this crate for me? You'll have yes. to travel through Tanglewood Forest. I don't know if you're aware of this, but Tanglewood Forest is a dangerous place to venture into it at the moment. But okay. I'll pay you 60 gold if you decide to help me out. Okay. Oh, and um, I, I would like a shield. Do you have any shields I could use? Uh, not at this time right now. I have to be, you know, you get everything boxed up inside of these crates here and you need it. If you're doing this you know, job here, you can then take the crate over there, take it through the forest, and then you come back. I'll have a shield ready for you. And instead of giving you 60 gold, I'll give you 30 gold and the shield. Sounds good. Ah, okay, I guess we can do this little side thing here. So... Now, not surely sure where to get to the Tinkle Force from here. 
Ah, okay, well, yeah. you go to the farmer's market, you can get yourself a map. You go there, get the map, and take this turn, this crate here, and then you can head out to the Tangawa Forest and just take this thing and deliver it for me. Okay, so what do you guys choose to do? Hmm, I'm going to go, go, go with his offer. Ah, uh, yes, okay, so I'm going to go over to the farmer's market and I'm going to go ahead and buy a map so we can head out to Tanglewood Forest so we can okay. get on out of here. Okay. Oh, and, and, and let's deliver this letter first and then go there. Sound good, Rupert? I don't know. I don't know. There's a chance of some gold and a little bit of you know, time in here. It seems like it's actually not too far up the way. It sounds like for where she's at, it's about a two-day journey and this will be about maybe a day roughly the same direction. So let's let's take care of this job right here of delivering these weapons, and then we can go. Okay, sounds good. Okay, so after you go ahead and you follow this trail heading up, you mm -hmm. get to the Tanglewood Forest. And is there anything bad going on? Well, when you get to the forest here, it's a narrow dirt track that leads through thick shrubbery. You know, here in Tanglewood, it's pretty difficult terrain, so with you guys carrying the, the crate of weapons and everything, you're not able to make quite your normal speed through here. You're actually only able to go about half your normal speed getting through this area here. Okay, and my normal speed is at least walking. Yeah. So, go ahead and both of you give me a quick perception check. Okay. There we go. That would be a one. A little distracted from carrying this thing here. Eleven. Okay, so with your perceptions there, you're carrying this crate through, and you happen to hear the normal sounds of the animals and everything nearby. You don't really hear too much other stuff, but you do happen to catch, you know, Christopher, a couple cracks of some twigs here and there, off to your left and to your right. Okay, so as you're walking through the forest here, you do happen, as I Christopher, to hear a couple of twigs snap here and there, but you are suddenly besieged upon by two kobolds coming from the left-hand side. And at this point in time, I need you both to roll me initiative. Okay, I got ah, four. Fourteen. Alrighty, so it is actually going to be kobolds who go first. And I'm going to see you coming down the path right here. And the first one is actually going to rush up to you. Christopher, and he is going to try to attack you with his dagger. Now, he is going to be doing this at disadvantage because it's going to be you know, done in the sunlight here because they have a sensitivity to the sunlight. And does an 8 hit? No. Actually, I think that 12. Sorry, 12. No. 
Yeah, either way, it doesn't hit. Okay. And the next one to play is going to be you, Christopher. What is it you choose to do with this kobold? This kobold right here is still right in front of you, but you have another one. It's a little bit further down the path, probably about another, I would say, roughly 30 feet away from you. I'm going to use my crossbow. Okay, on which one? The one that's closest to you or the one that's furthest away? Further, furthest away. Okay. So go ahead and roll to hit on that one. Does a seven hit? A seven, you say? Yes. It does not hit. That bolt actually just whizzes right past its head. You know, if you had been a little bit further to one side, you might have actually been able to hit it. Oh, man. So you choose to do anything else? Um, I'm going to move 30 feet, at least, maybe like one foot away from the one that is in front of me. Okay, so you're, you're going to leave the range of the one that's in front of you there? Yeah, I'm going to at least go one foot. Well, you can't you, know, you can't really do one foot. You know. If I'm 30 feet if you're, away. You're going to move 30 feet away from it? Will they, will they be, a, be able to attack me? They'll be able to you know, do attack of opportunity on you, yes, if you leave their range. No. Do you want to stay where you're at? Okay. It's Christopher. So no. Now it is the kobold that is about thirty feet away from you. He has actually, you know, sees both of you there, and he's trying to figure out which one it's gonna be. You know, he's gonna attack, but he sees you, who just took a pot shot at him with your uh, your crossbow. So he's going to actually attack you. Why did I make him angry? Yeah, should have taken the one that's closest to it. Yes, but does an eight hit you? No, we know that already. Yeah. So he takes a you know, swing at you with his sling, and the rock just whew, rizzes right by your head. Yeah, I, do I definitely dodge it. And then he actually then darts across to the other side of the clearing. Can you hear him rattle on some you know, bushes and everything? And then out from there comes a third kobold, ready to join into the battle. And it is now his turn to attack. And he now is within five feet of his friend. He now will attack you, Christopher, with that sling that he has. Why is he? Why are they attacking me? Because he's there. Know that you're the one who was attacking them. And, you know, Rupert hasn't done anything else yet. Does a seventeen hit? Yes. Okay, that is going to be five damage done to you. Oh, 20 minus five. I got 15. Okay, and that's going to be his turn right there. Rupert, it is now your turn. All right. Well, I'm going to walk up to the one that is attacking my friend here with the dagger, and I'm going to swing at him with my mace. Okay, go ahead and roll the hit. Got it, that'd be a five. Uh, five definitely does not hit. Mm. Can't really do anything else here. Um, 
Wait, wait, I might have a trick up my sleeve. Might be able to, let's see here. Hmm. Nope, I can't, I can't do it this time, dang it. If I had not used my action to attack, I could have actually done my duplicity. Let's try this huh? new skill that I learned. That'll be my turn then. Alright, so we're back at the top. We got back to the kobold that is now right there on Rupert and Christopher. And now he has a new target. So he's now going to swing his dagger to try to attack you, Christopher. But he's going to do so at disadvantage because he's still out in the sunlight. So tell me, does a seven hit? Ah, no. Okay, so he's going to be a little bit scared here. He's got these two big hulking brutes in front of him. He hasn't been able to hit either one of you. He is going to now try to run the 10 feet away it is to his buddies at the edge of the tree line. Ah, well, he's trying to run away. I'm going to swing at him with my mace. B-A-14, does that hit? 14, does in fact hit, so go ahead and roll that damage for me. Ah, perfect. That's going to be seven damage. Okay, seven damage on that. You are going to kill it with one fell swoof. Right there to the back of its head as it's trying to roll, run away and it just collapses down on the ground in front of you. And at that, it is now Christopher's turn. Christopher, what are you gonna do? Can I throw two daggers at the other two? Um, yeah, go ahead. Roll me an, an attack on the first one. Okay. I'm going for the one, like, at least, yeah. Roll me the attack on the first one. Fifteen. Fifteen does hit. Go ahead and roll the damage that on that one. That is going to be five plus. I got a twenty. Okay, so a dirty twenty. Okay. You go ahead and roll okay. me the damage. Hmm, that is going to be one d four plus three. Okay. I got a five. Five damage. Okay, five damage on the first one. That dagger just goes thump right there between his eyes and he collapses down on the ground, dead at your feet. And, and, and since I was doing two? Go ahead and roll the attack for the other one. 13. And the 13 on the die, but then you have your plus five on that uh, for the dagger, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's going to be... 18. Which definitely it hits. Definitely hits. Go ahead and roll that damage on that one. I'm trusting in you guys. Oh. Three plus. What is that? Hmm. Three. Six damage done to him. And for that one there, once again, our sniper with the, with the dagger. <laughs> right between the eyes. Again. <laughs> it just collapses down in front of you. And you have now defeated all three of these kobolds. And we are. Pretty handedly, too. Yeah. Nicely done there. 
Okay. So. What do you guys choose to do? Well, I'm going to take a short rest. rest. Uh, we don't have time for a rest here. A short one. We don't have time for a short one. Oh, I'm gonna search these bodies here. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I'll do that yeah. too. So you search them and you find a total of 25 gold on them. Okay. And nothing else there, but I'm pretty sure you do pick up your daggers, you know, from them. Yeah. Are their daggers any good? Their daggers are just standard ones, so if you wanted to take them with you, you'd have a couple extra ones to use if you wanted to, you know, have some more to throw or just to sell later on. Yeah, I'll probably sell them to the blacksmith. Okay. So you take them with you? Okay. So as you continue on a little bit into the forest here, go ahead and roll me another perception check. Okay. Got a 17. I got a 10. Okay, so Rupert, as you're going you know, through the forest right here, you happen to catch a very strong scent of a rotting corpse off to the right. It's traveling a little bit on the wind there. And as you glance over there, you happen to see a just decaying you know, body riddled with arrows sitting off in the little clearing off to hmm. your right hand side a little bit so so who so what is that creature's body you can't really tell what it is you just can see that just you know a rotting you know carcass over there so i'm going to check if there's any monsters anywhere no nothing more more right here i'm going to go check out that body no nothing there it's just uh you know, a couple of, uh, you know, there's a few arrows, you know, that are broken off in it. Hmm. Is it newly killed? Or is it, or has it been a few days or a few months? It's rotting, so it's been there for, you know, for a little while. Okay, so probably like, eh, two or three months. You don't know. Is there anything... Like, um... No, nothing else that's of, you know, import or, or note here. Okay. I'm uh, just... I think we should just continue on. Yeah, let's continue. Okay. So as you continue on, you happen to, as you, you know, round a bend, looking a little further ahead of you here, you see another couple of kobolds ahead of you. What is up with all the kobolds? Well, this is where apparently they live. So go ahead and roll me some initiative. Okay. I actually rolled pretty good. It's gonna be a five for me. Seventeen. Okay. Five and seventeen. I rolled high this time. Alrighty. Is it going to be the kobolds turn first? So, the first one in, up here is actually going to be Christopher. Ooh, with a total of 17. So, these kobolds are about 40 feet ahead of you right now. 
is exactly what my crossbow can do. Okay. Do you want to attack the first one? The one's closest to you is about... first one's about 40, and his buddy is about another 5 feet behind him. Mm, I'm going to do the 40 with my dagger. Mm. No, 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 no. Not my dagger, my crossbow. Your crossbow? Okay. So go ahead and roll the hit. Uh, 18. That definitely hits. Yay. And so go ahead and... Oh, plus... Plus... Two. That, you have dirty 20, that definitely hits. Go ahead and roll the damage on that one. Hmm, which is going to be 1d8 plus nothing, actually. A five. Five, okay. Alrighty. So that's going to be five damage to him. Do I kill it or do? No, he is definitely bloodied, though. Okay. He's most definitely bloodied. Now, he is seeing you guys over there, and they're actually sitting in the shade a little bit of, under some trees, so they actually don't have, you know, the uh, disadvantage going on. So they are actually going to go ahead and roll to attack with sling against you. Ooh, a rock. Mm. So tell me, does a 20 hit you? Me or Rupert? You, Christopher. You're the one who just attacked him. Um, yes. Sadly. Okay, so you're going to go ahead and you're going to take four damage from him. Oh, I'm down to... Okay, and he's going to... Eleven move. damage. And he is now going Eleven. to move Eleven. about ten feet closer, kind of staying to the shadows of the tree line as best as he can. And it is now going to be Rupert's turn. Rupert. Ah, well, it's time for me to get my own crossbow action going on here. Yay. Crossbow. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to aim it at the one that's bloodied. Okay, go ahead and roll to hit. That is going to be a six. And that is most definitely, sadly, going to miss. It's going to way past his head. Not even close to him at that point. Well, at that point, I'm going to also move towards the shadows a little bit and to get a little bit closer. So I'm about 10 feet away from our kobold friend. Okay. Let me end your turn. Yes. Sadly, I don't have anything else I can do at this point. Later on, that we'll be able to, but not as of now. Alrighty, so that's going to become our other kobold friend's turn. Now, he sees that you guys have been attacking his friend here, and he sees that, Rupert, you just aimed and shot at him, so now he's going to actually try to hit you with his sling. So, tell me, does a five, and that's a natural one, actually, his attack... That is a, that's gonna be an automatic miss no matter what. Oh. So he just, you know, he's swinging his dagger, his uh, sling around there. And in fact, Christopher, go ahead and roll me a percentile. Quick, roll me your mm. D100. Percentile. No. Just roll me your D100. D100. Right here. Mm. 
Okay, what's that 50. one? Fifty. Fifty. Okay, go ahead and roll me your d10. Plus eight. So 58, 58 there. Okay, so you rolled high. So he's actually going to do half damage to himself. So it's gonna be gonna be two damage he does to himself because he's swinging that sling around and he's gonna actually you know release a little bit too late. So the rock actually comes back and dings him in the head real quick. Oh, okay. So and he's gonna look a little sheepish and shy, and he's actually gonna. Sneak back behind his friend a little bit and just kind of cower behind him and go, Oh, sorry, boss. Sorry, boss. And, Christopher, it is now your turn. Um, I'm going to do both of them with my dagger. Okay, go ahead and roll the hit. And I'm going to go for the heart. Okay, just roll the hit. Eleven. So that plus your modifier in there, a five, that's definitely going to hit. So go okay. ahead and roll damage on that one. Which is going to be a d4. Two plus three, five damage. Five damage? Do I obliterate it? You don't obliterate him, but you do. You sink that dagger deep in its chest, and it does fall over to the ground. And and, and the guy who was shy is probably like... He's, he's looking like, he's like oh, 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 Bath dead. Bath dead. And, he, and he's, he's actually going to turn to try to start running away. And you said you're going to try to attack him? Yes. Okay, go ahead and try to roll to hit him. Uh, four plus five. Nine. That is going to be a miss... The dagger just whiffs right, you know, right by him. He's turning to run. So that brings Rupert, it to him. you, Rupert. Before he can get away too far, I want to shoot him with my crossbow. That is going to be a 21. Okay, that will definitely hit. Go ahead and roll me that damage then. That is going to be uh, 3 damage. Okay, so three damage on him. He is bloodied and he is somewhat slowed, but he is not dead yet. And he's actually going to use his turn to still try to run away, but he's going to take one last shot because he does not want to just go out without fighting. So he's going to try to, to attack with his sling. Mm. And he's going to aim at you, Rupert, since you just hit him hard. That is going to be a 12. Does that hit? Uh, no, of course it doesn't. That's a weakening wizard. Okay, so. This is going to now become Christopher's turn. Now this kobold, he is now at this point about 35 feet away from you. I'm Running dead. away. Trying to get away because he, he's been... He's scared for his life at this point. He's been hit pretty hard. His boss has been killed right in front of him. What is it you choose to do? I am going to use actually two daggers, throw one at his head, one at his back. Okay, go ahead and roll to hit with the first one. An 18. That hits. Roll the damage. Hmm. 
and get my D4. That would be a that would be seven damage. Okay. And then and that is the end of that kobold. The first dagger just hits him square at the base of the head, right where the head meets the neck, and he just splat on his face, face plants and slides in the dirt. And we have a probably accomplishedly defeated them. Yep, you have defeated these kobolds. Kobolds are weak. So as you go up and you, you know, take a look at the surroundings there, you know, you've actually come to an intersection, you know, here, mm-hmm. where you have a choice that you can make. You can go straight ahead, or you can make a right. Now, as you're looking around here, you do see off to the left-hand side of a little alcove cut out there. There's a sign that is sitting on a post over there, and it tells you that if you go north, if you're off to your right, you're gonna go to Tanglewood Grove. Sorry, sorry, straight ahead from north to Tanglewood Grove. If you go right to the east, then you go to Stonebrink Mountain Range. So, ah, well, we were told that we need to go to the Stonebreak outpost. So, if we go, let me think here. In fact, I think we should actually go and consult our map here. So, we're needing to go to. Stonebreak Outpost. So we actually. Hmm. Yes, yes. I think what we need to do is keep going. We need the map right. We keep going straight. Because I think our storytelling friend here might have his directions wrong. Or if we actually turn. Then we go to the grove, go straight, then we go to the outpost. Hmm. Well, that might be accurate. Might be. Um. Well, either way, I think we need to go to Stonebreak Mountain Range because that's where the Stonebreak Outpost should be there. And I'm going to check these creatures, and I'm gonna pick up their slings and their rocks. Well, their slings are just, you know, basically straps of leather, nothing too special or anything good with that. I'm gonna pick up the rocks, so... The rocks are just the rocks you found on the ground. There's nothing special about those either. You can find the rocks anywhere. Well, I'm gonna pick up some rocks so so that Rupert can cast a light on them when, when he gets... when we get back to, to the bookstore. And I'm gonna pick up their daggers. Okay, so you're gonna throw the daggers. And which way are you gonna head? You're gonna head towards Tanglewood Grove or towards Stonebreak Mountain Range? Hmm. Oh, I think, like I said, we should go to Stonebreak because that's gonna be heading towards where we need to go. We need to go towards Stonebreak Outpost. Um, um. I will possibly try that one, but, but if there's no outpost, I'll turn around. Okay, so you're going to head towards the mountain range then. Yep. 
we'll probably run into more of those kobolds. Well, you never know what you're going to run into. Yeah. This is approximately, probably, kobold territory. Okay, so as you continue through Tanglewood Forest here towards the Stonebreak Mountain Range, you can actually see a break in the forest ahead of you. The exit of this forest is in sight, but once again, you can see a small pack of kobolds there waiting, and they're looking straight at you as you're looking straight at them. And at that, we will rolling for initiative once more. How many goblins? Alright, that's going to be really, really low here today. Seven. A one. I rolled a one. Again. Okay. So, it's going to be turn four. The kobolds first. Kobold. 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 Okay, so first another kobold's there gonna be looking at you, but he's going to kind of hang back with his buddies. And you're gonna see some whispering going on between each of them. Hmm. I'm going to try and listen to what they All you can hear is them. Well, 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 so why are talking back and forth in their, their kind of lizardish, almost like kobold language. You're going to see one of them, it's a little bit darker, a little bit grayer than the others. And he is actually just hanging back even further behind the others. Hmm. And I'm gonna he kind of just looks at them and says, See the, all three of them kind of just, you know, see them grab their slings and just kind of, you know, see them almost like they're putting a rock in there, just stand there waiting. Hmm. So, what is it that you. So now it's Rupert's turn. Okay. So, Rupert, what is it that you are going to do? Well, I think it's going to be time to try out my channeling of divinity to invoke. Duplicity. So that is an action here. I can do this. It'll create an illusion of myself that'll last as long as I can concentrate on it for one minute or until I lose my concentration on it. And I'm going to have it be about 15 feet off to my right, closer to those creatures over there. Okay. So is that going to be your turn there? Yes, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to move up into the tree line just a little bit so that I'm under a little bit of cover of the brush. Alright. So now it's going to be Christopher's turn. Hmm. What should I do? Well, have you seen your buddy here? Now create an illusion of himself about 25 feet away from you. Hmm. Okay. So, so that's going to be about about 25 feet away from <sighs> from the creatures themselves. 
But then you have this pack of about four kobolds sitting over there. Hmm. I'm going to aim for the four kobolds, and I'm going to throw four daggers at them. You can do one, and then you can throw one more as a bonus action. Hmm. Hmm. What should I use? I'm going to use my short sword. I'm going to... I'm going to charge right at right to one of those creatures. So you're going to charge up to them? And stab and stab one of them. Okay, so as you're doing the that, they were all holding their actions. So the first one is going to make a ranged attack on you, which is going to miss. The second one is going to also attack and miss as well. These guys are rolling really badly. The third one... You have a 17. Is that going to hit? Yes. Okay, so then he is going to do 5 damage on you. Oof. 11 minus 5. Okay, and then their boss is then going to throw his javelin at you. What a javelin? Like a big pointed spear. Uh, but he rolled a natural one. So now, Rupert, your turn now. Go ahead and roll me that percentile. Let's see what happens there. It's going to be a 72. Okay, so he's actually going to hit one of his minions. Because you've seen this fighter, you know, just like rushing up. He's freaking out a little bit, so he's going to actually... Wow, that's interesting. He's going to hit one of his buddies there. And he's going to do two damage what? to one of his minion buddies there. Why would he do that? Because he was aiming for you, but he messed up on his throw and it hit somebody else. He rolled a natural one on his attack. So now, which one are you going to attack with your short sword? Hmm. The one, the the boss stab him right there, straight in between the eyes, pull okay. it out, wipe off the blood, and then put away my short sword, run by Rupert. Okay, well, you're going to do that next turn because you actually had to use your dash action to get up to them. Because when you move within range, that's when they all attack you. So if you want to get right up to them, you got to use your dash action. Which means you can get all the way up to them, but you can't attack. Hmm. Then I'm just going to take my short sword. I'm going to throw my short sword. No, you can't throw it. I'm just going to put it away, take out my dagger, aim it straight at the boss, and I'm going to try to hit him straight in the eye. Okay, go ahead and roll me... An attack roll on him for that, for that dagger. Five plus, I think, three? That is a miss. No, um... You have a five out of five. No, um... That, that is actually a plus five. Yep, still a miss. Oh. Okay, so... At that, it's going to be the kobold's turns. So... First one is going to 
Go ahead and see that you're you know flying at him. He's gonna try to attack you with his sling again. And an eleven does that hit? Sixteen or higher, that would hit. Okay, so the next one's going to attack. That is going to be a twenty-one. So that is definitely going to hit. Then, thank you for yep. the information there. Okay, and... He does how much damage? I don't see how that's possible, but okay. What's possible? Let's roll that again. There we go. It's going to be five damage to you. Um, 11 minus five minus five. No, I'm keeping track of your health here. You're not looking too good there, Christopher. Somebody. Okay, so now it is me. the boss kobold's turn. So he is going to try to throw his dagger at you. Aww. Why is everybody attacking me? But he's going to miss. Okay. Well, you're the one who came up and attacked them. Okay, so now it is Rupert's turn. Rupert. They're attacking your buddy here pretty hard. So what is it that you're going to do here? Well, I'm going to first off call out to my friend here and go, Christopher, you need to come on back. You need to drink a potion or something. Get, get, gotta get out of there. Okay, and I'm going to take... You need to wait until it's your turn. Yeah, I'm waiting. I'm taking Rupert's advice. Okay, and that I'm going to do Sacred Flame on the lead kobold there. So he needs to succeed in a dex save, I believe it is. Okay. So what's the, the DC on that It's gonna be a 10. So DC 10 dex save. You guys are pretty dexterous. That is gonna be a natural 20. He, is going to evade that easily. Oh, good lord. That would be my action. I can't do much else. Well, as a bonus action, I'm actually going to move my illusion. And I'm going to move it over between Christopher and the kobolds. Okay. Now it will be Christopher's turn. I'm going. Can I attack then run? You can attack then run. Yeah, I'm going to take on one of the minions. Okay, so what you, how are you going to try to attack him? I'm going to use my. Hmm. My short sword, and I'm going to stab okay, so gonna one of the to minions. Get to do that and then run away, you're going to be getting the tax of opportunity as you try running away because you got to get within five feet of them. So if you get within five feet of one, you'll be within five feet of them all. So if you try to then run away, all of them will be able to then try to attack you. Um, then I'm just going to run. Run. I'm going to run 
so fast that they wouldn't even know what happened. Okay, so you're going to do the dash action, or you're going to just run back behind where Rupert's at? I'm going to hide behind Rupert. Okay, so you're going to run over to Rupert. Okay. So as you do it, the kobolds, they actually get a little more brave and bold. Like, kind of sound that they're saying, talk about how they're scaring you away and making you, you know, talk about how like brave they are. So, and there you don't have any healing potions on you. I believe, I don't remember you, know, you saying you had any. Hmm, let me see here, I don't think I have any either. No, no, you don't have any on you either. Mm, uh, I do have a medicine thing, but I'm not sure if that will even work. No, medicine check wouldn't help you at this point. Why? You know, that's just, you know, basically checking for wounds. So is that going to be your turn? You want to try, you know, not turning and doing your shorts, your, uh, sorry, your crossbow or anything, or? I'm going to hide behind Rupert, then attack. Okay, so how are you going to attack? Well, I'm going to poke my head out, and then, then I'm going to take my dagger, aim it at the boss, <clears throat> straight there okay, in, so in the eye. Okay, so go ahead and roll me an attack. A 13 plus. Hmm, since I'm using my dagger. Be a plus five. So yep. 18, so that does hit. So go ahead and roll me the damage on that one. In the eye. Straight in the Just eye. Roll me the damage. Hmm. 1d4 plus 3. 6 damage. Done 6 to damage him. to him, okay. In the eye. 6 damage in the eye. Okay. Now it's the Kobold's turn again, and they're going to try to attack with their slings. And they'll be attacking Rupert. That'll be a miss. Followed by a 19, which is a hit. Oh man. That's gonna be. Three damage on Rupert there. And then be another miss. And then the boss, he is going to attack with his javelin for a 19, which is a hit. Seven damage done to you, Rupert. Oh, that definitely doesn't that hurts a lot. Okay, but now, Rupert, it is now your turn. Okay. Surprised that you're gonna go for my my double up there. Makes no sense on that one. But we're going to go ahead and. I am going to try 
to do a command on on the boss. Okay, so you gonna try casting command on him? Yes. So he has to succeed at a DC 10 wisdom save. Okay. Now these guys aren't very smart at all. And he fails. Okay, so my command to him is blood. Okay, so as you issue that command to them, so it's pretty much me to, you know, telling them to flee. So it's me turning away, it's gonna be moving as fast as it can away from you now. So he's pretty much now leaving combat. Okay, and I'm going to move a little further behind you know, the trees here, trying to get more cover. Okay, so now it's going to be Christopher's turn. I assume that, assume, uh, assume that ends your turn. Yes, there's nothing else I can do. Christopher, it's your turn. Um, I'm going to do two daggers, in okay. both into two, both eyes of one of the minions. Okay, go ahead and roll to a hit on the first one. Attack there. Fourteen. That hits. Which plus five. Yeah, it hits. Yeah. Roll your damage. Hmm. Five damage. Five damage? Yep. Okay, you are going to have that dagger sink straight into its eye and it flops forward dead. Oh, how did, how did one dagger in the eye kill him? It did that much damage to him. So, with the other dagger, what do you want to do? You want to attack one of the other two kobolds that's still facing you? Yeah, I'm going to take my dagger, aim for the left eye. Okay, go ahead and roll the hit. Eleven. You know, plus your five, which is going to hit. So go ahead and roll damage on that one, too. Hmm. Three. Two plus three. That's five damage on that one. And that one also <laughs> flops forward. So is that going to end your turn or are you going to do some movement? Uh, I'm going to move with Rupert. And, okay. and, and then I'm going to call out Rupert. Um, the eyes, they are the weak spot. Aim for the eyes. I think it's more of like a lucky hit, not a weak spot. Mm. Okay, so it's now going to be the kobold's turn. So it's seeing two of its buddies go down, and its boss is actually now fleeing as fast as it can away from you know the uh, fray right here. And it happens to see that both of you have ducked behind a tree, but there seems to be one more sitting over there. So he's going to actually try to attack the illusion that Rupert has put out there. So he's going to, you know, run up to it and swing his dagger, which of course is going to do nothing but hit air, because there is nothing there. It's just an illusion. 
But as soon as he does that, he realizes that it's an illusion that he's been tricked. So he's not the happiest of kobolds at this point in time. <laughs> he is actually going to try to run towards you guys on his next turn because he is angry at what's been going on here. And while he's doing that, yeah, I just, the boss kobold is still trying to run away. And Rupert, it is now your turn. Well, would you try it again? Would you try to attack this creature with my sacred flame? Okay, so go ahead and roll me. Actually, that's not, you have to roll me. I have to do the deck save on this guy. And he's actually going to fail that save. Awesome. I get to do 1d8 damage to this creature. That's going to be 4 damage to it. Okay, 4 damage done to it. This kobold is definitely bloodied. Okay. So, I actually should have had you do a concentration check for there. You know, Rupert, to make sure you maintain concentration. Go ahead and actually roll me that contract you know, check now. Just me, you know, just for, because. That's 10. Okay, yep, so you did maintain concentration for the first hit. And then a 15. Okay, so you maintain concentration for both hits, so don't have to retcon anything there. We're good. It is now Christopher's turn. You have one bloody kobold you know, running towards you, and you have one that is now running as fast as it can away from you. I'm gonna use my two daggers, throw one at the bloody one, throw one okay, at well, the roll other the, Roll one. the hit for the bloody one real quick. Five. That is gonna miss. Time for the boss. Well, the boss right now will be out of range of your dagger, so you're actually um, rolling at disadvantage. Crossbow. Because... It's... Yeah, crossbow you can do. Yeah, any... Why are you going to go and attack him? He's running away. A 14. The 14 is going to hit. Hmm. So go ahead and roll the damage on that one. What is it? Oh, that is going to be a plus two. Yeah, it's still a hit. So roll roll ahead, roll your damage. 1d8 piercing. Seven damage done to that. Okay, he creature. is definitely bloodied as well. Is that gonna end your turn? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to like um like maybe move off a little okay. bit for more cover. Okay. So you have this bloodied kobold, you know that you. Winged with the dagger, just missed him. He's gonna come flying around the corner and he is going to try to hit you, Christopher, with his dagger. So tell me, does a 12 hit? 16 or higher. That's a miss then. Alrighty. Now, the Icewind Kobold, the Kobold boss, he's looking back. He's like, he told me to flee, but. He hit me. Going back. He turns around and he starts running back towards you. He weak. 
So. The question is, what are you gonna do now? Rupert. Well, I'm going to swing my mace at this kobold in front of us. That's going to be 15. Alright, 15 is definitely going to hit. So go ahead and roll your damage. It's gonna be six damage. Okay, so that. You swing your mace down and you just flatten this kobold into the ground. Okay, with that we're going to. No. Just take another couple steps back, another five feet back, and you're gonna wait for when this boss kobold comes around. Okay, with that it's gonna be Christopher's turn. I'm going to move by the boss kobold, take out my short sword, and try to slice it clean in two. Okay, go ahead and roll me the hit, because he was coming towards you, so you're going to rush out, meet him. You're actually going to be able to meet up with him pretty easily, because of his dash action to get to you. Okay. Since I'm using my short sword, that's going to be a plus 5, whatever I roll. A 16 plus 5. That hits. 21. So go ahead and roll me your damage. That would be... At 1d6 plus 3. 2 plus 3. 5 slashing damage. Okay, and with that, all the kobolds are dead. I sliced that one clean in two, and now we can have kobold for lunch. Okay, so. If you... And I'm gonna steal their dagger. daggers. Mm-hmm. Well, at this point, you've been just pretty much collecting your own daggers. You've been just, you know, flinging them left, right, and center. <laughs> so as you continue heading out here, because you know, other than just the daggers that you had there, the, the kobolds didn't have anything special on them. You can continue out. You get to Stone Break Outpost. Ooh. And as you approach the outpost, you see a stocky human wearing a breastplate, standing just outside the keep's stone walls. He is currently watching two soldiers practicing various battle techniques. And close by, there's about a dozen archers shooting at hay targets hung on the outside wall. And a group of men are digging a trench on the western side. And you can see there's a few masonaries. They're actually adding extra height to the existing wall of the fort. The whole place, you can see, it's just bustling as this huge hive of activity. I approach the, the man there at the gate. Commander Ironfist! This man still watching the soldiers just glances over at you. Ah, you must be the new recruits. Welcome to Stonebreak Outpost. We're not new recruits. We have the order of weapons from Faramar Axemage of Dragonshore. He says you were expecting these. You put an order in for them. Oh, oh, excellent. I've been waiting for these for weeks now. Our weapon supplies are dwindling severely. It's hard to get supplies at the moment. What with all the kobold activity in the area? Yeah. Yeah. I'll arrange for Ferrer Axe to be paid for these. You know, this letter here in the crate says to remove your delivery fee and give you this now. 
he hands over to you guys 60 gold pieces, you know, each. So, you know, our forces in this region are becoming very thin. This area was once a relatively peaceful place, but not of late. We are continually attacked by kobolds from the east. We have also had a few smaller groups attack us from the Tanglewood Forest region to the west. This fort was constructed to protect the region from intruders coming through Stonebreak Mountain Pass. However, the western face is completely vulnerable. As a temporary countermeasure, I have instructed my men to reinforce fortifications on the northwest and western faces of the fort. I fear that we're attacked. <sighs> I may not have enough men to thwart the attack. Hmm. Especially if there's a sizable force. Well... But if you're looking for work, I have a job I need done. I can't spare any men at the moment. We are frantically bracing the fort for the next wave. A few of my scouts reported seeing kobolds entering and exiting the temple ruins during the night northwest of here, near Tanglewood. Head to those ruins. We need to find out what these kobolds are attacking us for. Where are they coming from? And how to put a stop to it. And I'm gonna say to him, we we have attacked at least two bosses and a bunch of kobolds. Ever since we came into the forest, we have been attacked by kobolds. And, 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 and I guess their home is nearby. And, and, and I believe they're looking for something. Maybe it's something you have. It might not. They might just be attacking to steal your stuff. I don't know. Well, that's why I need your help to go into Tanglewood and to find what you can find here. Well, I do need some healing. Have any healing potions? Well, if you come in, you can spend some time here, rest up, and we'll go ahead and give you some healing potions to get you back up on your feet, because you do look tad bloodied here, sir. Yeah. And we'll even give you a couple of potions each, as you're going to be heading into the ruins here for us. So come on in and rest a while here inside. Okay. okay. Oh, and one more thing. Um, where are these ruins? Well, you don't need to worry about that quite yet. Just come inside and rest up. Okay. We'll get you fortified and we'll get you some potions each. We'll give you two health potions apiece. Okay. So make sure that you keep track of these because they are very important. Okay. And, and, and we'll give you back the bottles. Well, I don't care about getting the bottles back. Just make sure you... Just do what it is that I need you to do. Okay. I'll go over and take a long rest. Eh, probably like for ten hours or so. No, you don't have time for that. You can sit right here and you can rest for about four hours. Take a short rest and then you'll be able to continue anyway because we're going to give you these health potions. Okay. Enough to get you back up to your full health. Okay. Sounds good to me. And I'm going to Sit down, get comfy, and actually sit there, looking up and looking for kobolds. And I'm going. Don't worry, you're quite safe here. Okay. Okay. And with that, before you head off into the next portion of your journey here, that will end our session for tonight. So thank you everybody for tuning in and for hanging out with us as we're fighting against these kobolds. We're actually going to be going further into kobold territory coming up next 
time. So stay tuned. Come on back for more adventures with the Waiting Horn Tavern crew as we journey on through the crypt.